Welcome back to the Viking Update Show. I'm Jim Suhan. He's John Krasinski. Brandon Morton's our producer. Vikings just made a bunch of cuts, and I guess what I'm most surprised about, John, is that there are almost no surprises. Maybe the only surprise is that they waived Jalen Rager after uh, the wait, the cut down day, and that was an obvious. Obviously, because they were trying to trade him, they thought might, they might get a low round pick out of him, and they picked up, you know, a, a backup running back. It just feels like this is a top-heavy team. They have very good starters, and they don't have a lot of depth. So I really, no matter what they say publicly, I really feel like the cut-down day was not that difficult for this team. Yeah, I, I don't think so either. And I think you and I both were at the the preseason finale for some ludicrous yeah, reason. We I need don't, to go I don't back and examine our life choices. <laughs> I don't know why we were there, but um, Kevin O'Connell said after the game about how you know how difficult this is, but. When you saw the way that training camp was unfolding and certainly the way that they were handling the preseason playing time or lack thereof, it just really did seem like there was a pretty strong pecking order already established with starters and backups. There was a couple of places of intrigue that were further down the roster, but by and large, going into those last couple of days and, and the roster cuts every name that came out, um, every name that didn't, you're just like, yeah, oh, that makes sense. There was no wow moment or, or no, holy cow that I did not see that coming. Um, and I do think it is a product of the way that the talent is distributed among the roster. I mean, it, it, it is very top heavy. Um, and, and so it, I just think that, this is a team that knows what it is and knows who it has for better or worse. And it just wasn't going to be a very compelling couple of days um, as the, as the whole roster shook out here. Let's get some of the individual cuts. I did find at least mildly intriguing. We'll talk about miles Gaskin coming in. We'll talk about, we'll start talking about uh, what this team's going to look like on opening day. This is the Viking update show. Uh, this is part of TalkNorth.com, our podcast network. Thank you for listening. Best way to listen to this show or any show you like at the network, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's the easiest way to listen. If you like the show, you also might like Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider. That's uh, Jeff, the former Vikings general manager, former president of the Tennessee Titans, kind of taking the inside view of football. John and I take the uh, view of people who have been covering or watching the Vikings for many, many more decades than we'd like to admit. Uh, once again, thanks for listening. And we're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services studio. Uh, thanks to Aquarius Home Services, Caldera Lab. Promo code for calderalab.com is Viking if you want to get 20% off their products. I'll tell you more about them later. TSR Injury Law and Star Bank. Uh, so I thought the two names, that, I guess three names are mildly interesting. I felt like they liked Christian Jackson. They've been developing him for a while and he had some good moments in camp. Uh, Jalen Rager, I thought, because of the guaranteed money, he might really. I thought it was going to be either Harry or Rager. Ends up being neither, uh, which is interesting to me. And they bring in Miles Gaskin as a basically the third string running back with Kane Walton, not do, having done anything in this camp. He's to me just your average plugger backup running back. Uh, it's not an exciting move, but it's kind of a logical move. What jumped out to you? Yeah, I mean, I, I I've said it before on this pod and and written about it a little bit at the Athletic too. I I like Tristan Jackson. Um, yeah. I just think that he makes plays when the opportunity presents themselves. So um, I I also knew that the receiver room was going to be interesting and just the way that they uh, they assembled it 
partially because Jalen Naylor has been out for so much of camp, but they're so high on his his abilities. And so I knew I never I knew that he was always going to make the team. But uh, but Jackson was one that I was wondering if he, he was going to find a way onto the roster at the back end. I do think that ultimately when you look at what factors into their decisions for those players down the roster it's usually what do you help can you help on special teams and when you you go with a Brandon Powell who certainly has much more return ability and it will be the punt returner it seems like um and Jackson doesn't have that part of his game whether it's return whether it's a gunner what what you know anything that you can do I think that may have spelled uh the end from there um and then Wang Wu was just a slight slight surprise just because you know we have seen him um you know we have not seen him i should say all training camp we have heard kevin o'connell essentially say when you read between the lines that he wasn't exactly happy with wong Wu um and not being able to be out on the field but i think when you look at the decision making process there again he is such an elite kick return weapon that um, I think eventually having him in that mix is just too enticing. And so whether he starts the season on injured reserve um, or something like that, and then eventually comes back into the fold and you, you have this guy who is, has shown to be incredibly explosive in the kick return game. I just think that that, that speed was probably a little too much for them to give up on. So um just a mild surprise that Wong was here. Maybe even another one, Jim. Last one for me is Andre Carter. Um, I know it was like it's a math issue where they they guaranteed a bunch of money for him, so that's again not a shock. But I didn't really see a lot from him in the preseason to warrant okay, um, you, know, you know, this guy is going to be ready to contribute. And and so there were not many, any splash plays at all that I can remember. And so that was another name I was watching to see if they would kind of cut bait with him. But ultimately, they they keep him around. So, um, again, guys, not not shocked or surprised really at all. But just a couple of intriguing names that I was just keeping an eye on that I thought could go ended up staying. Yeah, I agree. And I'll throw a couple more mild surprises for me. I thought Juwan Williams made some plays in camp and given the lack of yeah. cornerback depth, I could have seen them holding on to him just as a, another functional guy and cornerbacks make good special teamers as well. Um, I also think that, uh, that it was such an obvious miss. Uh, these teams like to tell you how important every draft pick is, how accumulating draft picks is. Then they spent a seventh rounder on a small college running back. I just didn't see any real, uh, aptitude for the position from Dwayne McBride. I think he ran people over in college or ran in a straight line and he couldn't do that in the pros. And I would have said seventh rounder, you probably want to take a shot at a corner or somebody might be able to develop at a difficult position of need. And I would also say, and I wrote about it last month at Star Tribune. I know, listen, Mo got cut by the Lions, some kind of injury concern. Mo, Mo, Mo Ibram might not be an NFL player. He's a better football player than Dwayne McBride. If you're going to take a shot, at a long shot backup running back, I'd want the guy who proved that he's he can play against top talent. He can break tackles. He knows how to run the ball. He knows how to use blockers. Maybe Mo's not going to play in the NFL, but he's better than Dwayne McBride. 
Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see what they do with a practice squad. And, you know, I mean, I would think that McBride would be a practice squad candidate. Um, and I, I wonder with I wonder with Mo, obviously the production and and the probably even the overall skill level certainly dwarfed McBride. And and I think like one thing that talking to a few people around the Vikings about how that running back room was shaking out and why they kept looking for another running back, a veteran guy to bring in. I think that in addition to whatever physical things that McBride was, was working through um, to, to get caught up or to get on, on board. But I think it was, you know, a a bit of a mental uh, aptitude approach as well. I mean, just in terms of, of grasping the playbook of, of understanding responsibilities of being, in the right place at the right time. I think those were challenges for Dwayne McBride. And what we know of Mo Ibrahim is that uh, he is, he played in college for a long time. He's super experienced, ultra reliable. Um, And so I think that, you know, in the seventh round, my guess is, is that, you know, Quasi Adolfo Mensa and, and the Viking staff maybe tried to hit a home run with it rather than maybe Mo was a little bit, might've been a little safer pick. Um, and ultimately, hey, he didn't make the Detroit Lions. So, um, yeah, so maybe he's just not a player. Maybe he's just not physically up for it. He has a lot of tread off of his tire just with all of the carries and stuff there. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see if if they if if McBride gets through to the practice squad or if that if that is even a candidate or if they they look elsewhere, because you could see fairly early in camp that um, whatever hopes they had for him as a running back, um, it, it certainly wasn't materializing. They just were not getting any of the production physically or the understanding of the game mentally to give them um, kind of reason to keep going and keep him on the roster. One more note about Mo. I think he would. I think he's one of those interesting backs who he'd be a better starter than a third mm. stringer. Because if you start him and you're going to give him 15 carries, he's going to find a way to make yards and, and extend plays and use his blockers well. He knows how to play the game. He doesn't really f- function very well as a depth guy because he's probably not a special teamer. Yeah. And he probably has to get a certain number of carries to exert his effectiveness. He's not going to come in and like, like Wong might play one snap and he might just take a little pitch or a, a, a quick pass and break three tackles and get your first down. Mo, I think, is more of a feel player. So I could see him coming in midseason for the team that has a bunch of injuries if, if he stays in shape and actually playing well. But he's he's not a depth guy. He's not gonna be he's not gonna help you much on special teams. Yeah, we I mean we saw it so many times with the Gophers was, you know, he would make some big plays in the first quarter, but a lot of times it was inertia. It was second, third, fourth quarter when you're wearing guys down, when you're wearing the defense down, and you just keep coming at him. Mo was so relentless with the way that he attacked and he never did slow down his 27th carry was just as physical and punishing as his first or second carry. And that's what I think one of his big edges was the relentlessness and intensity that he brought to it. And you, you know, he's not Barry Sanders. He's not, you know, just the kind of the game breaker that's going to you know, rip off a huge long run um, and make a ton of people miss, but he is that guy that you know that if you give him enough touches, 
he eventually at the end of the game, you're going to look up at the stat sheet and it's going to be, you know, 120 yards and, you know, four yards of carry and just workmanlike. And um, so in that role, if that's where you're most effective, it's hard to obviously to get that kind of a feature role, um, you know, when you're the third or the fourth back on a roster. And, and so there might've been some sort of um, acknowledgement of that, if, is that, Hey, we just need someone who can come in and maybe, you know, you put the ball in his hands one or two times and he breaks one. And, um, and that's, that's just not Mo. And so you're right, Jim, I think like I could see a scenario where a running back starved team suffers a big injury and Mo comes, comes in and is signed and actually really performs admirably in a role like that. It's just not going to be a a spot kind of use role for him. It's just not going to be the best way to try and get the most out of him. One more running back note. uh, Then after the break, we will talk about Trey Lance. We'll talk about the contract situations. If there's any intrigue left in this training camp. Uh, I think Wang Wu, I think they stuck with him just because he's unique. Uh, yep. between the kick return ability. And I don't think he's proven he, he's an NFL running back uh, on any kind of a regular basis. But to me, he's the perfect third and long back. You know, <laughs> you're in trouble and Kirk wants to throw short of the sticks, throw it to somebody who might might actually break eight tackles and you get your first down. Yeah, and and I think like I, a, a, a role like Wang Wu has on this team, and when you're looking at the third running back, the fourth running back on your roster, it's a lot. It's very similar to a a deeper bench role for the NBA. Is you're looking for one elite skill for a player to have, and something that that they can cling to because those players generally have holes in their game in other areas or or in several areas. But if there's one thing that they do at an you know at an unbelievable level, whether whether it's rebound, block shots, whether it's shoot threes, whatever it is. Um, then th- there's enough reason to keep them on that roster, and that's what keeps them going. And you can kind of throw them out there in different situations when you need them. That's the thing with Wang Wu. He is got elite speed, and if he gets into the open field, it's over. Like there's no one catching him. And whether that's return man, um, or in some sort of a um a, a play that materializes uh on offense which we really haven't seen much of him do yet but um he is still an incredible weapon to have even just catching kicks even though that aspect of the game has been incredibly uh reduced in importance because of the way that they've changed things so there's so many more touchbacks and and all of these things still to be able to to know that Wang Wu can literally catch the ball with his heel about an inch away from the back line of the end zone and take it back and and go all the way to the house. That is just something that is that separates him from McBride, from anyone else on the this roster and really anyone else, you know, many or very few others around the league. He just can do that and and is special with it. And I do think like you also look at if we're going to cut this guy, is, is he going to be snatched up right away and mm-hmm. i do think you can see scenarios where a team that needs a return man will absolutely go and say yeah we'll give this guy a shot come on in and and so that had to factor in but that speed that returnability is is really is truly elite it's 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 among the best in the league and so 
he's going to stick around because of that. Let's get to Trey Lance, some contract situations, uh, the vibe of the team right now. Do want to thank Aquarius Home Services. We're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services. And here's more about Aquarius Home Services. Scott for Aquarius Home Services. Between the heat waves and poor air quality, have you noticed how much time we're spending indoors this summer? It can make you wonder about your home's air quality. Good news. Aquarius is providing a free indoor air purification system with the purchase of a new AC and furnace system. Remove and reduce allergens, mold, and even viruses. Amazing indoor air is just a click away at AquariusHomeServices.com. Aquarius, earning the right to be recommended. Thanks to TSR Injury Law. They sponsor a number of shows across the network, including the John Krasinski Show, which is our NBA show. Great show. Check that out as well. Uh, you know everything about TSR Injury Law by now. 612-TSR-TIME. 612-TSR-TIME. If you're injured, call that number. They'll take good care of you. They won't charge you unless they win your case, and they win a lot of cases. That's why they've become such a great Minnesota success story. So, hey, we trust them. We've known them for a long time now. Uh, great people. If you're injured, we hope you're not, but if you're injured, call them 612-TSR-TIME. I want to tell you personally about Caldera Lab, calderalab.com. Use the promo code VIKING to get 20% off their products. That is the best deal you will find anywhere. Hey, we all know first impressions matter, and if you're not taking care of your skin, that's going to be the first thing someone notices. They'll think you're way older than you are, or you just don't care about your appearance. Show them you do and make a great first impression with Caldera Lab. I can attest to this. I have old-looking skin, partly because I'm old, partly because I've never taken care of my skin. And I, I just keep the Caldera Lab products right by my toothbrush, right after I brush my teeth. I use the Caldera Lab products. It takes probably takes me less time to put stuff on my face. It's going to make my face look better and healthier and help me age better than it does to brush my teeth. It's so simple. Uh, use the promo code VIKING for 20% off. Uh, their tests have shown that 94% of men's skin showed an overall younger looking appearance after using Caldera Lab for a few weeks. I've experienced that myself. Uh, they have eye serum, serum, they have a clean slate, they have the base layer, they have the good, which is kind of a multifunction thing you put on your face at night. It's just, they make it so easy. It's just easy, convenient, quick. And with that promo code, you're going to get a great deal. So use the Viking promo code Viking at calderalab.com to get 20% off. I highly recommend it, and I'm using it myself. Also want to let you know that uh, big banks aren't the only ones with mobile apps, convenient financial services. I'd like to tell you about StarBank. StarBank is an independent community bank in Minnesota. They're family-owned and treat customer relationships as a top priority. You're not a customer number at StarBank, and they have no call center. It's just banking how it should be. A throwback to the good days, mobile app check services, you got it. Check out StarBank for yourself. For deposits and lending solutions, work with a local community bank that cares. StarBank.net, member FDIC and equal housing lender. Also, before we get back to the show, one more personal note. My band is playing the Bloomington VFW 6 p.m. on Wednesday night, September 6th. Stop by if you care to. We'd love to see you. So I, I wrote about this over the weekend. Probably the only reason to go to a preseason game was to not write about the preseason game. The Cowboys give up a fourth round draft pick for Trey Lance. So the 49ers blew it on both ends with Trey Lance and while trying to develop him. I think the Cowboys did a very shrewd thing. Uh, they brought in a first-round talent for the price of a fourth-round pick. They get to develop him for a year and see where they are. Maybe he's a future starter. Maybe he's a future backup. Maybe they can flip him for a, a lower-round draft pick, and they had an inexpensive tryout period with the guy. I think the Vikings should have done that. I think that uh, he's better than Jaron Hall. He's more promising than Jaron Hall. I think the Vikings just feel invested in Jaron Hall, and they probably didn't want to 
rattle Kirk Cousins' cage by bringing in somebody of Trey Lance's ability, uh, I would have done it. Yeah, I mean, I looked at it. The, the, I kind of had a, a mixed reaction when I saw the deal go down because at first I was like, oh, um, Dallas got a, or Dallas gave up a fourth round pick, which I thought was going to be was higher than what the 49ers would eventually get, just given how messy that situation was and and how close they were to cut down day. I thought that teams would try to squeeze them for fifth, sixth, um, whatever it was, and and really all, like next to nothing. And a fourth round pick is, you know, it's not terrible just given the way that that situation was out. Clearly, they mishandled it. Clearly, they made the wrong pick and and all of these other things. And so, you know, given what they traded to move up and stuff, it was a, it was a horrendous return. But I still was like, oh, that's actually more than I thought. But then I did get to thinking more along your lines, Jim, of if you do think that Trey Lance can be a starter and not just like a spot starter for you, but someone who could start multiple years and eventually develop into a quarterback of the future, giving up a fourth round pick for him is nothing. And it's kind of interesting because I view both Dak Prescott and Kirk Cousins. We've talked about how, you know, we've compared them on the field for the last couple of years and how similar they are and how maybe Dak benefits from the star on his helmet and that shine more than Kirk has, has benefited from, from being here just in terms of public opinion. But um, I think also both teams kind of are going into this season and, and, and cousins, it, it's kind of a make or break season for him. Dak Prescott, you, you could maybe argue as a make or break season for him in Dallas. And so um, the Cowboys are tr- just bringing in a guy and saying, we want to at least get a really good in-depth up close look at this former, what number three overall pick and if he could develop. So if we lose Dak Prescott, we have another option to go to and 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 really give him a head start in preparing to be that guy. Um, the Vikings, it appears, just did not want that sort of splash to be made here really close to the start of the regular season. I think, Jim, if they could have gotten Trey Lance for a fourth-round pick around the draft time mm-hmm. um, where he had a full summer to just come in and settle in and acclimate and have everyone understand the expectations and all of that. I think they probably would have done that deal. Um, but I, it just seems like they look at the roster that they have right now and they were not enamored enough of Trey Lance to say, we're going to, make a move that we know is going to be a distraction and is going to be a big deal around here for at least the next couple of weeks until we can kind of calm everything down. And so they just decided to go along the same way. Um, But it is a move that they may end up regretting if they lose Kirk after the season and don't have another viable option uh, going into next season. It also, to me, hints at the future. It's really hard to imagine how or how they would move off Kirk Cousins. I mean, it's almost like if he plays well, he's here. And if the team plays well, he's here. To me, it would take Kirk being a major factor in this team not performing well for them to move off of him because otherwise you have no succession plan. And I don't think they want – 
you know, I don't think they want to go from 13 wins to whatever wins to rebuilding. I, I, it's a terrible time to rebuild in your third year, third year regime. And if you have Kirk Cousins, you at least have a fighting chance. Yeah, I think I, I think that's it. And um, you look at what there, there's there's another factor here, Jim, too, is you have Justin Jefferson. And yep. I think that there you cannot kind of go through a season in the next couple here where you really don't have um, a quarterback who is befitting the best or the second best receiver in the entire league and someone who is looking at building an all-time career. And so while right now Kirk Cousins isn't Patrick Mahomes, isn't Josh Allen, um, he is also not Sam Darnold, uh, Trey Lance, um, you know, any number of the back end quarterbacks who you know you're going to waste one of the prime seasons of a generational receiver on. And so that all kind of indicates a little bit more as well of, you know, unless there is a clear option for an upgrade at the position, I think Kirk Cousins is their guy this year, next year, the year after, um, you know, that, that, you know, he's durable, he's productive, he can make the throws, he trusts Jefferson, they have a good rapport. And so there's going to be, I think it would take a, it would take a significant and obvious option for them to stray from what they have now, because they can absolutely cannot have Justin Jefferson being wasted by some um, unfit quarterback or some incredibly young quarterback that just is not ready yet. No, I think that's right. Uh, I don't want to dwell on contracts because who knows, a deal could get signed any day. I do find it interesting that Jefferson does not have a deal yet uh, and that he's handled himself so professionally. I don't know, I'm not surprised he's handled himself professionally, but it's interesting to see a premier wide receiver not enter into any dramatics uh, during a camp when he doesn't have a deal as the deal he wants for a long-term contract going forward. Also TJ Hawkinson, you know, ear infection, sore lower back says he'll be ready for week one. Hasn't really done much this camp. Uh, so what are your thoughts on Jefferson and what are your, and do you have any concerns about Hawkinson? So um, with Jefferson uh, our you know, we have recently added Diana Rossini to as our national NFL writer at the athletic. And she reported this week that the two sides have um, exchanged a lot of uh, proposals and are having productive uh, cordial talks. And they're just, ha they haven't come to a final um, uh, agreement yet. And so at least right now, I don't have any, inkling that um the negotiations between justin jefferson and the vikings are going poorly right now it sounds like it's just a big process that both sides are really making sure that they get everything done that needs gets needs to be done and that there's a trust that this will eventually work out so that's good enough for me and and i know historically jim what i'm not ruling out at all we have seen the vikings sort of announce some of these big time um, contract extensions 
sort of on the eve of the regular season or yep. on the week of the regular season. And it would not surprise me one bit if Justin Jefferson's deal comes together this week and into this weekend and then is kind of like a big launch thing um, going into next week as they prepare for Tampa Bay week one. Um, Hawkinson seems a little stickier. Um, yep. You know, he he whether it was injury or whether he was really holding in um, and Diana has also reported and Alec Lewis have, have reported that they're, they're far apart. Uh, they have been far apart on terms of, of negotiations. And so that seems to be a little bit more of a, of something that I'm watching to, could that spill over and affect production on the field? Because TJ didn't participate in any of camp and any of the live uh, portions of camp. And so even though he had such a good rapport and good connection with cousins right out of the shoot coming over from Detroit last season, you miss a whole training camp. Uh, that's got to be something. And so if there's even like a little bit of rust early, if there's any kind of hurt feelings or whatever, that can, that can show up a little bit. So that's a guy and that's an area that I'll be watching very closely if a deal does not get done. Even if one with Jefferson doesn't get done, I think that everyone expects that eventually it will. With with Hawkinson, I think that's a little bit more of a um, of a potential to have more drama than what you really want. Agreed. Hey, check out the John Krasinski show. Check out the Jeff Diamond show. By the way, it was interesting. Jeff said that well before the deal was done that he would have uh, he expected Trey Lance to get to be to yield, I use the right verb, a fourth round conditional pick that could increase to a third or second rounder if he played or played well. So uh, it's interesting that the Cowboys were able to get him for a fourth. Uh, the league. Well, we know that they, they, I mean, Jerry Jones is a avid listener to Talk North. That's kind of my working. point. So, um, you know, doesn't doubt, does, I don't doubt it one bit that Jeff was very influential in that. So. And knowing and knowing Jerry, I could make all kinds of off-color jokes right now, but I'm not going to because I'm you know this is a classy show, and I don't want to be the drag bigger man. John. I don't want. I, I wouldn't say that. I don't want to drag you into my. Uh, thank you. In, in, that, yeah, that, into that's my appreciated. Yeah. <laughs> that's Good appreciated. stuff, from John. Thank you, John. Again, listen to the John Krasinski show. Thanks for listening to TalkNorth.com.